so before we start this week's show, a couple of things. First off, apologies for the delay. Um, while I was on a holiday, I, I wasn't able to get the show edited due to lack of equipment, basically. So um was a little late. And also, um, the audio quality from my end is not amazing. Um, so uh, sincere apologies. Um, there will be another show this week, though. Uh, Mark and I uh, are going to be talking Blair Witch and also Hunt for the Wilder People, uh, doing a double review, even though I think at the end of this we just say we're doing Blair Witch, but we've both seen Hunt for the Wilder People. Um, and that will be up in the next few days. So uh, no show for a couple of weeks, but you've, you've got a couple of uh, probably longer than usual shows actually coming down the pike. So um, here we go. And uh, like I say, apologies for the audio quality on my end. Uh, good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to uh, episode 176 of uh, Dude and the Monkey. I am one of your uh, co-hosts, uh, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Loring, hello. Uh, Ian is in uh, Mallorca, is it? Are you, you said Ian? I am, indeed. I must just check, actually, Mark, because I just forgot. Are you recording this? I am recording this, indeed, yes. Okay, that's good. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm in Mallorca. I'm in... Um... We're in our Airbnb villa. Uh, I'm in the lounge at the moment. Everybody else is outside. I'm being very antisocial, but um, bless them, they're, they're indulging me. And I'm in the lounge, and it's all blinded up, and you would think it was the middle of the night in here. Oh. But it's, it's, quite, it's quite cool, and I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable with it, I'll say. I don't like the heat, Mark, as you well know. No, you're not a lover of it. You would, you would hate it here, then, because it is... It's like 26, 27 degrees outside, um, and it is baking. I record in my in my lovely bedroom, and it is absolutely baking in here. The cat is just staring at me, sweating. That's a sweaty cat. This is yeah. good. I, I, yeah, no, I mean, there's a good there's a good little sea breeze. The sea's like a five minute walk away. It's uh, not too. It's quite surreal though. The street name is Casa de Doctor Fleming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, no, not Casa D. No, actually, no, the Airbnb thing said Casa D. Dr. Fleming. So it was like the house was like the house of Dr. Fleming. But no, the street is Dr. Fleming. <laughs> I, 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 like, I, I need to look it up. I have no idea what that means. Uh, Casa, Casa del Dr. Fleming. Well, have you found it? Uh, I, I, I just searched that and it's come up, yeah. Images for Casa Airbnb. It's not. I don't think so. No. Have you got like weird white cupboards in this in this villa? Weird white cupboards and a green sofa. Yeah, it's brought up loads of pictures of this one house. A, yeah, no, I'm literally sat on the green sofa. <laughs> That's insane. That's very weird. <laughs> I'm not sure about the white cupboards though. Uh, like, it's like a white unit, but yeah, it's like a green sofa with like little, uh, g- uh, little white squares on it. No, do you know oh, what? No, maybe, maybe they've redone the place or something. That's weird, though. But I'm not even on the Airbnb website there, so that's weird. Um, but let me, I'll, 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 I'll do, I'll do you a fucking photo of the, um, like, I can, can I send a, no, I can't. Hang on, more? No, not more. I'm going to WhatsApp you a picture of the sofa. <laughs> cool. Because this is thrilling podcasting. <laughs> this is, um, um, Right. Yeah. 
Cool. Um, right. Uh, so this week uh, we have uh, we have uh, two reviews for you this week. Um, we have a review of Hello High Water. We also have a review of Don't Breathe. Uh, we've got um, some what we've been watching and some chat and some. Yes, that's not the green sofa that I saw on the. What is it? Fair enough. Um, we've got some tech. I think we have some tech chat. I think in, aren't we? Um, and uh, yeah. our usual tangents, questions, trailers, and bits like that. So, before we get into trailers, uh, Ian, shall we do uh, the ever-changing adventures of Ian's? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ian's um, I, 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 yeah, no, quite. Um, I will just say before I start as well, um, I got press accreditation for the London Film Festival, um, so I will be hopefully doing some, maybe not stuff for the site, but I'll probably be doing a bit of chat on the podcast about it. But I do have an arrangement with the guys who help me get my credentials that I'll be writing for them, which I think is fair enough. Absolutely. So uh, I'm going I'm to be writing for Screen Jabber, uh, which is which should be fun. Uh, I've never written for them before, but Stuart, the, uh, the the owner of the site, is a good dude, so I'm uh, quite looking forward to that. So uh, not to advertise other sites, but I'll be doing that, but I'll also probably chat about some stuff on the podcast, so that's cool. Um, but yeah, um, so physical media is dead. <laughs> uh, what, what, what's led you to this 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 conclusion? The PlayStation 4 Pro not having a UHD drive, Sony, based, like the folks who came up with Blu-ray not bothering to put a UHD drive in the PlayStation 4, it is, it is done. It is done. They're going to release a player next year, which is going to be prohibitively expensive, uh, as is uh, as are like a lot of the players that seem to be coming down the pike. Um, I mean, Christ, the Xbox One S is the cheapest UHD player. I mean, it doesn't do Dolby Atmos, which is the, the, the killing, which was the killing blow for me. But the Xbox One S is the cheapest and it's Microsoft. It, it, it's bizarro world. The fact that Sony are not doing it, and yes, people are saying about it was to keep the price down, blah, blah, blah. Yes, the internals of the, of the, the PlayStation 4 Pro or the Neo, whatever you want to call it, are better than the Xbox One S. But yeah, it, the and the equivalent model, like the, the the terabyte the PS4 Pro is going to be selling for, is only fifty quid more than the one terabyte Xbox One S. So you know, there's only fifty quid difference there, which is quite something if you are a gamer. And Sony have said it's for gamers, but the PlayStation Two was the Trojan horse for DVD. The PlayStation Three was the Trojan horse for Blu-ray. I I genuinely think this is a a bit of a killer, and there are quite a lot of tech sites in agreement on that that I have also read. Well, um, it's, yeah. the um, president of uh, Sony Entertainment uh, came out and spoke about it, didn't he, and said, and I, I can quote exactly what he said here, because I put it up on my screen, saying, our feeling is that whilst physical media continues to be a big part of the gaming business, we see a trend on video towards streaming. Certainly with our user base, it's the second biggest use case for people's time on the system, so we place more emphasis on that area. Which is, a, a, you know, you can see his point, essentially what he's saying is um, that that people that, that he doesn't think people are going to buy 4K, they're going to stream 4K, 
which no, streaming of 4K is obviously dependent on people's broadband and things like that. So in this country, I do think it's a couple of years off the idea of actually universally people are going to be at a stream in 4k and, uh, and i will say just sorry forgive me for inter- interrupting i finished I, I, I watched stranger things i finished the first season over the weekend i was watching some of it in 4k and it does look very nice but there is still quite a bit of like banding and and the odd bit of artifacting in there and like i've got a virgin media like fiber connection um, that I think is supposed to be like 150 meg or something like that. Obviously it's not, but it's supposed to be. And there, there is artifacting there. So sorry, but yeah, we are a while away. Yeah, well, I mean, they, I was reading another thing that was actually saying about the streaming of 4K and it was saying that, um, you know, it was actually a thing uh, by Sky, uh, funnily enough, and they were saying that uh, standard HD streams at around about a minimum of around about um, two megabytes. Um, and most people should be able to get uh, easily two meg, um, so that's all right. But they were saying that 4K needs anything up around about between 18 and 25 meg, which is quite high um, when, when you consider it. I mean, I've got I'm the same. I've got a I've got a Infinity two. I'm supposed to get about 100 meg. Now, if you've got 100 meg, it, it, that's what you're going to get at top end. You're never really going to get that. And plus, other Wi-Fi, you're not going to get that anywhere. But mine kicks out about between 40 and 60, usually. Um, so I'd be fine on mine. You'd be fine on yours. But majority of people, you know, are not. But then again, if, let's say, I'm watching something downstairs on 4K, um Isabel's watching something on, in her room on 4K. And then I've also got all these other little Wi-Fi things that are doing their thing within the house there. It starts to sort of slow everything down. So I do think we're a couple of years behind. But what I remember what's quite strange about this is when they launched the PS4, um, what, two years ago? About two years ago? Um, three years, November. Three years, November, is it? Um, yeah. Then a big thing they were pushing on it was saying, oh, it's got this processor, this processor, this processor. And, you know, it's because... You know, you know, within the next couple of years, um, the idea of going out and buying a game uh, on disc is, is going to be gone. You're going to be buy, you're going to be paying for it and downloading it direct to your system, so it's already loaded. You know, after you bought it, and the quite simple fact is that hasn't happened. It, it just hasn't happened. And one of the reasons it hasn't happened is, for instance, every year without fail, I buy FIFA. It is a game that I will buy without hesitation. It doesn't matter how much. If I went into wherever I buy it from and it was a hundred quid, I'd go, there you go. And I'd just give them the hundred pounds. But I know it's not going to be that. I will probably get it for about 40 from somewhere. Probably a supermarket, to be honest. I will get that game for 40 quid. If I was to try buy it now, um, and download it onto my system, A, it's going to take up around 40 to 60 gig on my system. B, it's going to be 60 quid. Yeah. Right. If that was the same price as it was in what is it, I'd, I'd consider it to be honest, and consider the fact that I can just get it going and it starts to download and it, it kicks in then. But it's not. So it's quite strange that they've, they've changed their tune on this. I, I, it, it, I, well, I mean, FIFA is a fascinating case example as well because I bet if EA said five ninety nine a month, 
FIFA Online, where every month we update the squads with the latest, like, like or every week, like, the latest injuries or whatever, the latest suspensions. And, like, January, you get the latest updates in the window. Maybe if they had the rights to the Euros and the World Cup, they chuck them in as well. Five ninety nine a month. And there's no, there's no game anymore. Like actual, like fifty quid game anymore. It's just five ninety nine a month. EA would, would, would make more money. I think. I genuinely think that because you've got enough people in to FIFA. Oh. Like even if they were like, oh, and every month you get five free Ultimate Team card packs. Well, or yeah, something it, like that. It'd be falling in it. Yeah, that, yeah, it is. It is true because I'd, I'd sign up instantly. You know, um, on that there straight away, and they would. But I think the idea there is, I mean, you can actually play um, real time league where they bring in the injuries and suspensions and everything like that. Um, oh, they already do that, right? Okay. What, uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, what the problem is, and a reason why I don't think they've done that yet, I think it could happen at some point, is you would get people um, messaging them um, saying, "Oh." I've just played a game with Man United and Paul Pogba's hair is still blonde. Well, it's not blonde anymore. It's red now. What's going on? What am I paying my five ninety nine for? And you would get people doing that. I was, um, weirdly, I was, um, I, all I was doing was, was checking uh, something to do with, uh, with one of the uh, AI things on FIFA. And I ended up going into one of the message boards and was just having a look at it on um, the official EA site. And it was ideas to improve the game. And that, that's what it was. And I thought, I'm going to have a look and just sort of see if there's any on there that I agree with. And there was a massive chat. And they were saying, um, how come when I get five years into the game, it's still all the same shirt sponsors? It should update automatically. It's like, no, no. That, because that's why you buy the next game, you fucking idiot. That's yeah. how commerce works. They're not just going to go... Oh, we, we're going to predict what kit Arsenal are wearing. In fact, well, no, Arsenal is pretty easy, actually. It's going to be the same kit they're wearing now, just with a different paper. But we're going to try and predict what the Norwich away kit's going to look like in five years' time and what sponsor's going to have them. It, it doesn't work like that. And it, it, it no, what, the, what they should do, what they should do is after five years, it reverts to what the team's um, sponsors were in the 92-93 season. <laughs> so suddenly Arsenal are sponsored by JVC. Well, United enough, are sponsored by Sharp, you well, know. Weirdly enough, you could actually do that yourself. Because it has within the game uh, as little um, reward things that you can buy with your FIFA points that you get from playing the game. You can buy um, historical shirts and things like that, which is quite cool. Um, so there's all. Yeah, all with that. the sponsors on and everything. Yeah, with the sponsors on and everything, yeah. That's pretty sweet. I, I, obviously, I know nothing about FIFA, but I, I, I don't. It's just. If they had a subscription model for FIFA, people would. Be on it so quick. Oh, they, they, they would, yeah, they, they, they would uh, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, we'll, 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 we'll pull this back to, to uh, what we're talking about with um, the old 4K. So you, you don't have a 4K player now. I don't have a 4K player now. I don't have a PlayStation now, bud. You see, you don't have a PlayStation anymore either. You got to do nope. PS4. Nope. Yep. Gone. So, you, gone, baby, gone. Have you got a Blu-ray player then? I've got a Blu-ray player. Right. So, uh, will you be um, looking at getting a, a PS4 in the future or a game system, or are you are you are you liking the fact that you've not got a game system for the moment? I haven't had. I haven't told you this. I haven't had a PS4 for over a month. 
I miss not missing it or anything. Eh? You're not yeah, not missing it. No. See, the thing is, I, I wouldn't miss gaming at all. Wouldn't miss it uh, at all. But I would miss FIFA, which I know yeah, is there gaming. you go. And and I know he's is gaming, but I could quite easily. I, I'm looking at it now. I'm a Mafia Three comes out in less than a month, and I, I'll probably pick that up. And the thing is, I'll pick that up and I'll play it for a weekend, maybe a week until I've, I've completed it and everything like that, and I, I will get into it. But then, literally, it, it will just go on a shelf then. And that'll be it. I'll probably oh. never, ever touch it again. Whereas, uh, last night, I had two games of, of, of FIFA from last year. And I'll, I'll play that up until September the 28th. And then that will come out on, on the 29th. That will come out of the PS4. Go back in its box. That will go on a shelf. And 2017 will go in. And then the, the whole process plugs it out again. There you go. Yeah. No, I mean, that's... I, I, yeah. I mean, I, I just... I am, I, I am of the opinion now that 4K physical media is essentially HD DVD. And at the time, I know people were talking about HD DVD and saying, well, I'll keep, you know, I'll keep the titles I've got and they're still good quality, blah, blah, blah. And then people are just like binning them or giving them to charity shops or just selling them on eBay for a couple of quid. And it's just, I, I, I don't know. It's like the, the quality argument has lost. And I, I don't really fancy buying into a dead format. Uh, I, 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 I genuinely, at this point, believe it's dead. Well, or is is DOA? It, well, it, it, yeah, it, it is. You know that it, it is a little bit of a death nail for it when um, when Sony. Uh, uh, if Sony it. can't be, I, it just yeah. If Sony can't be asked to do it, and the thing is, you know, like I, I'm sure there were people thinking like I'm not going to buy an Xbox One S. I'm going to wait to see what the PS4 does, and it's like. Okay, it doesn't have a UHD player, but I don't think that many people are going to be buying the Xbox One S because it has a UHD player. I mean, maybe among like our people, sure, but the, the mainstream, I genu- I just genuinely don't think so. I mean, like, also it's early days, but the discs are still insanely priced. That, that's it. That, that's the thing is, is so. For instance, let's say I wanted to uh, wanted to experience the Revenant, like you said about it being looking incredible, right now. It looks amazing. It, it will look amazing. I have no doubt that it, it will look better than the, the, a Blu-ray copy or a streamed copy. Absolutely, right? But I'd have to to do that and watch it in the comfort of my own, own home. I'd have to buy a player. So we're saying that the player that's the cheapest is the Xbox Watch One S, which is two hundred and fifty. Two fifty. Two fifty. Yep. I have to buy the disc. Now, even if I got that, I mean, it's best price. I'm probably looking at twenty twenty five. Twenty. 20 quid. 20 quid easy, yeah. So there, I'm looking at 270 quid, and I've got a player on one disc, and then it's 20 quid a pop at least, because some of them are, some of them are 24 and some of them are 30, but I'm looking at 20 quid a pop when, for half that price, I can just get it on on, on my little iTunes box here. Now, yes, the quality won't be as good, but let's be honest, the quality is still pretty fucking nice. Uh, so... it. It's just, it's getting my head around that, and I just, I can't do it. If it was in a system, I'm now to the point now where, and I, if you roll back a year, um, I remember sort of saying to, when me, yourself and Norm, the conversation, saying, I hope one of those that clings on 
to, to physical media right to the very fucking end. Now, I won't. I, I just, I look at things and go, do you know what? No, I'll just buy it on fucking iTunes. I mean, that's the thing. I think my, my changing my mind has been me essentially howling at the moon and just being like, well, you know, I kind of, I don't really want to admit that it's done, but it's done. I mean, like the, 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 the PS4 Pro thing was just a massive, massive, like punch to the head about it. You know, it's just like that, that is it. That is the knockout blow. It's done. And as soon as Apple TV do 4K and do HDR, which they will, because HDR is the thing, then it, you know, it, I mean, it is game over. Like, cause the thing is, HDR, it's about the color gamut, it's not about the resolution. Mm. And that is the thing that has most impressed me about, about 4K Ultra HD. It is the color. Like, the Revenant in HDR 4K on iTunes will look very, 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 very good. And it might not, it might not be that much of a difference between that and the 4K TV unless, and the 4K Blu-ray, unless you are blowing it up to like a 65 inch TV. Well, the thing is, I mean, the weird thing is, the um, the same guy from Sony also kept referring to um, the new YouTube and Netflix 4K apps. Mm. So, you know, is that something in the future where you could see possibly Netflix saying, oh, yeah, there's, you know, there's a Netflix app and there's the Netflix 4K app, which you have to oh, No, they already do. Yeah, yeah, but he was saying it, and intimating that it would be a new app is what he was intimating at. Well, I mean, I think it's just it's like the Xbox, uh, the Xbox One S um, Netflix uh, 4K app was just it, it's Netflix except it says 4K. It's like the Samsung TV one. It's uh, just it's Netflix except if you if you pay for the 4K package, it says 4K. So that that's it. There's no you don't think there's going to be a possibility that Netflix could say, look, here's your Netflix app, but with for, for the to get 4K movies as well, you are going to have to get this. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, you pay extra. All it is is Netflix, the login, it knows that you're paying for the 4K one. Oh, so it already so exists it, that, that you have to pay a little bit more to get the 4K one? Oh, yeah, 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 totally, yeah. I mean, like, I got it free for... Um, I didn't know that. I got it free for six months when I bought my 4K TV, but after that, I think it starts in October, I think they're going to charge me eight ninety nine a month. I think I still pay Six pounds, I think I pay for my what is it? Yeah, I, I was I was grandfathered in in previously in the in the old plan where it was like four ninety nine, yes, um, and, and and then they raised it to five ninety nine, but then said right, we're not going to raise your prices for two years. Mm. Um, uh, but then I went uh, right, I've I've gone up to the four K one, and to be fair, the four K content does look very good. It's just. It would be really, really nice if Netflix could start showing more films in 4K. Mm. Like the net, the Netflix own films are 4K, and as I've said before, the Ridiculous Six in 4K looks at pretty much as good as any Blu-ray you'll ever see, which is mind blowing. <laughs> um, but it, it's mainly just their TV content that's 4K. Like not even all of their films are like Beasts of No Nation. Is like okay, they bought it, but I'm sure there's a 4K master of that, and or a 4K source. No, not in 4K. Uh, the fundamentals are caring. The uh, 
fucking Paul Rudd, uh, uh, Craig Roberts uh, one that they bought. That's not in 4K on there. You know what is in 4K on there? The do-over. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Physical media's dead. Tune back in three weeks when I change my mind again. <laughs> when Sony come out and go, ah, we're fucking with you. There is one in it. Uh, Ian, uh, trailers. Uh, what have you watched this week? Fifty Shades Darker. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Before we get into this, I- I'll say, remember, I actually didn't dislike Fifty Shades of Grey. Neither did I. Neither did I. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. You were all right, were you? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I said Fifty Shades of Grey was all right. I, 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 th- I think you did. I'm pretty sure we did that. <laughs> I, the thing is, I know nothing about the books, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm intrigued by the fact that it's not just going to be more will-they-won't-they type stuff, and it looks like there's some kind of thrillery elements coming into this. Yeah, it, it does. It looks a little bit more like the erotic thriller that I hoped <laughs> the first one was going to be, but it mm-hmm. wasn't. This looks a little bit more like that. Yeah, we'll review it. Yeah, of course we will, yeah. And it, 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 it does look... It does look a little bit like by the third one that Jamie Dorman and, and um, Dakota Johnson, Dakota Johnson. Are, are just basically going to be going, we turned up. I love, I love how, like, just non-committal they are about that franchise in, like, in every single interview. Like, it is the most contractual obligation of contractual obligation you'll ever see two actors be and it's amazing I, 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 I love it I like the fact that, that Jimmy Donovan actually came out uh, and his people basically said you know we're having a little bit of a, a steam because you know we agreed it be, his salary based on when it first came out and you know it's been it was incredibly successful so you know Jimmy does think that he, he needs a little bit more money and he just went fuck you no and when he threatened to quit, they went, okay, quit, because we can quite literally handcuff you so you can't make another film for like the next six or seven years. So, go on then, do it, quit, quit. But you will owe us money and we will stop you from making movies for the next six years, quite easily. And he went, ah, fuck you, I'll come back then. <laughs> so yeah, so it, it, you know, good on them. Yeah, it is. It's that thing. It's the same thing as happened with um, what's the name in the Hunger Games? Oh, Lawrence, Sheriff Lawrence. Sheriff Lawrence yeah, that's it. Uh, in the Hunger Games, is they basically said, you know, yeah, they're very successful, but you agreed to do them based on this. So do shit. It is, I mean, because the, the thing is, it is interesting, though, because a lot of the time, like, they actually kind of do, they get their way and they do get a pay bump, but mm. it's like, it's Jamie Dornan. He's not really... Apparently... Sorry, go on. Apparently the thing was, he got 700,000 for the first one and was getting a million for this one, but if it crossed, if the first one crossed $500 million, he got a bump up to $2 million. So he's taking the two million, but he wanted eight, and they went, "Fuck <laughs> you!" Nobody cares that you're. That, yeah. Nobody cares that it's you. <laughs> Seriously, have you read your reviews? <laughs> no, I mean that's the thing. I mean, like if it was Dakota Johnson, you could actually, you could, you could maybe slightly see a case because yeah. I, I, I don't know. She. 
She was really good in that first one. And, and I mean, she was an awful lot better than the material. I mean, to be fair, Sam Taylor Wood was was above the material as well. That's still kind of mind blowing that she directed the first Fifty Shades it film. Is but, weird, um, isn't it? Because who's directing this one? It, it's a dude, and oh god, he's, I think he's directing the next one as well. Who is it? He, he's like. Oh, he's a bit of a mixed bag of a director as well. James um, Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which kind of feels like more... Again, tying into your this looks more like the film I thought it was going to be in the first place. Yeah, James Foley. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, he directed, you know, I mean, he directed some all right stuff, you know, Glen, Gary Glen Ross. Um, Fear. The... But didn't he do The Last Seduction? He didn't know that was uh, Jonathan Dahl, I think. Oh, that was Jonathan Dahl, quite right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, he, well, he, yeah, he did sorry. Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, At Close Range. He did The Chamber, which is a terrible movie. Uh, he did Fear, uh, the Mark Wahlberg movie. Um, so, yeah. He's also, I mean, he's done a lot. Oh, uh, okay. House of Cards, quite a few episodes of House of Cards. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I, we will review it. I will again go by myself and look shifty. I, I, I will. I will go by myself and I will, I will wink at all la- the, all the ladies. <laughs> all the way through it. Solid. <laughs> what else have you seen? Uh, Free Fire, um, which I, as everyone knows, I'm pretty in the tank for Ben Wheatley, frankly. I, I mean, high rise, I, for me, was the weakest of his films. That film is very, very, very messy, but then the novel itself is apparently <laughs> would be pretty hard to adapt, so maybe there's that. But yeah, Free Fire, I uh, very, very much like this trailer. It looks like it's going to be very entertaining. Um, the, the disparate cast of characters, I think, it, it, it looks like there's going to be a good energy to it. Um Martin Scorsese's got his, they've got Martin Scorsese's name on it, which is cool. And, um, again, like London Film Festival related, I am going to be in London the weekend that it is the closing night film. And usually with the big films, they have the press screening the morning of. So I am going to be there early with a big coffee and a grin on my face like no one's business, but I am pumped. I know you're not as big on Ben Wheatley as I am, so I am very intrigued to see what you think. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun. I mean, there's no way, like like you said, um, you missed on the WhatsApp saying, you know, I, you know, I dare anybody, I dare you to not like that trailer. It does, it looks like a, a whole lot of fun. My main kind of like, uh, would be, uh, I, I've not got on with some of Ben Wheatley's films, but I have got on with a couple of them. So, um, you know, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm, I'm, I'm willing to say, do you know what? I'm going to give him another, uh, another, another sort of go because I liked his first two films and I've not liked what he's done yet, but I've not seen High Rise. So let's say if I watch High Rise and I like High Rise, then I'm three out of five. So I'm, well, I'm three and a bit out of five because I didn't, I didn't dislike, um, a field in England really. I thought it was a bit naff and a bit student filmy to be honest, but I didn't dislike it like I did, uh, Sightseers. So, so yeah, so I, yeah, it looks like a fucking shitload of fun, doesn't it? Let's be honest. Yeah. So yeah, and, I'm, uh, I'm t- up for that. 
Nice. And uh, to be honest, off the top of my head, I think that that's it for me. I bet you'll probably have some that I'll go, oh, yeah, I saw that today. Uh, yeah, what else can I add? I also had... Um, oh, um, Live By Night, the Ben Affleck one. I saw that too. Yeah, um, Ben Affleck doing a, um, a crime drama set in Boston. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm fine with that. The, I, I, the release date's interesting to me because I think it comes out. It, I'm just going to get some drinks if you wonder what the noise is. Um, the release date's interesting to me because it's. Um, it looks like it's not going to have an Oscar qualifying run, and that. It, it, yeah, so it's not coming out before Christmas in, in in the US, or at least they haven't announced it is. And I kind of figured with like the the cast and the pedigree of this and whatnot that it would be looking at that. But then again, if it's just going to be an entertainment as such, then I think I could go with that as well. Prohibition era Ben Affleck gangster, like getting like in over his head with shit. Yes, please. It's January, it's coming out in the US. Yeah, so that that's the thing, which means it's not going to get an Oscar qualifying run. And usually January is a bit of a dumping ground. But then again, you know, with the the, the way that cinema seems to be able to make money all year these days, it's like who's to say who's to say they're not just like let's give people something semi-serious, semi like 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 make adult mainstream thriller for January. Yeah. You know, and and I mean, like in the end of the day, I I trust Ben Affleck pretty implicitly like by now when it comes to like what he actually takes on for filmmaking so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that looks good um gold the uh matthew mcconaughey movie uh mcconaughey becomes a well try to buy a, a gold mine <laughs> quite literally a gold mine oh uh, interesting uh, with edgar ramirez um who seems to be doing quite a lot at the moment um he seems one of those weird actors who doesn't do anything for like two or three years then does shit loads for like a year and a half and then disappears again. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, it, it looks it looks like it's going to be fun. To be honest, looks like it's a bit of a there's a bit more of a serious kind of edge to it. Um, he essentially he has a dream. It would seem it would seem that um, he knows where a gold mine is, gets an investor, gets to the gold mine, and then the the, the, the local kind of uh, warlords decide that they're going to take it back off him. So, <laughs> it, Ooh. yeah, looks looks quite. Quite interesting, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm up for that. Um, and then the final one would be uh, the uh, the next Underworld movie, um, which... <laughs> wow, really? There's another Underworld yeah, film? Yeah, Underworld Blood Wars. Uh, this is the okay. final one, apparently. Um, is, she, is she in it yes, again? Yes, she is in it again, yes. Wait, was she in the last one? Yes, she was in the last one, but wasn't in the one before that, I don't think. It wasn't in the one before. Bloody... How many Underworld films have there been? Hello, lots. You're right. How, how many Underworld films have there been now? I'm going to just check now, because it's... It, it's too many, is what I'm going to say. I mean, the series started... Uh... Sorry, Mark. You need some pop and some what? Sorry, Mark. <laughs> what do you need, babe? I need pop. You need that pop? Yeah, but I want that pop or you pop. You want this pop after that pop? Okay. I need really, really thirsty. Okay, all right. Sorry, Mark. Sorry, carry on. <laughs> That's no problem. Um... Yeah, the, I mean, the last one was five years ago. Uh, the first one was um, 14 years ago. <laughs> um, and yeah, nobody cares. 
Oh, the last one was five years ago. The last one was five years ago, yeah. And, and there's been, sorry, there's been six. This is the fifth, I believe. The fifth, okay. So, like, there was one every two, three years, and then they took a five-year break, and then it's just back for some random... Is Bill Nighy in it again? Uh, I, think, I think he died in the last one. Well, the... God, bloody hell. Yeah. God, how many... I think I've only seen the first one. And Len Wiseman isn't directing this one. He's producing, but not directing. It is what's the point, isn't it? Like, I mean, like, the Resident Evil films, it does feel like there's a just a slight bit of interest in seeing it through. That's it, yeah. Because that is that is what you can compare this kind of series to. But like you mm. say, like you said, there's, there's a little bit of interest to that. There's nobody, with the exception of, of, of dirty old men who want to see Kate Beckinsale in skin-tight stuff, mm. want this thing. And it's like, I just I just don't see the point. Um, it, Charles Dance is back. And Kate Beckinsale My God, man. God he, he will actually go, appear in anything, won't oh, he? He absolutely will, yeah. He, 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 he's the person who wanted this movie to come back. It it seems like this movie could end up going. It's out in January. This movie I could see been an incredible flop. Isn't Resident Evil out in January as well? Uh, I'll have a check. It might be actually. Imagine that if they went up up against each other. That's what I'm thinking. It's the battle of the how the hell are there this many of these theatrically released? The battle of who cares franchises. Anyway, then again, we've already committed to doing a Res- Resident Evil franchise episode Ooh, along with Knowles. So. Uh, the final chapter uh, comes out... Which uh, I'm looking forward to. 27th of January, so they're trying to nip in before that. <laughs> okay, so we got Resident Evil 27th of January. Cool, yeah. and then two weeks later is, is Fifty Shades Dark. Yeah, that's going to be a hell of a period of time for Dude in the Monkey. <laughs> we're going to bring the air game. Uh, oh, mate, we're going to oh, on it like Sonic. That's going to be amazing. Yeah. Uh, beyond that... Well, well, how, was, how was the trailer? How was the trailer, though? I turned it off halfway through, and I'm not even kidding. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Cool. Um, yeah, I think that is... Yeah, that's that's it for, for trailers for me for this week. Um, so, um, shall we do Hang on High Water or Don't Breathe first? What do you think? Um, well, I'm getting progressively drunker, so should we maybe do Hell or High Water first? That sounds while like I'm a still... good idea while you're still vaguely yeah. uh, sober. Uh, Hell or High yeah. Water, um, it is directed by uh, David McKenzie, written by Taylor Sheridan, uh, and it stars Jeff Bridges, Chris Pine, uh, Ben Foster, and Gil Birmingham. Um, it is set uh, in tech West Texas, um, where we have Ben Foster and Chris Pine play brothers. Um Ben Foster, it seems, has been uh, in and out of prison for the majority of his adult life. Um, we are all spoilers all the time, guys. Uh, his most recent stint in prison was for killing his and um, Chris Pine's um, father in a uh, hunting accident. Uh, Chris Pine has been a odd jobs guy that would appear a rancher, essentially cowboy, um, for um, the majority of his life and has stayed the, the clean path. Um, but now they are robbing banks, uh, specifically a specific bank, 
Uh, and it, it turns out it's Texas the bank. Texas Midlands. Texas Midlands, yes. Uh, it turns out that, yeah. uh, that is the bank that the, um, well, that the brothers owe, or the brothers' family owe money to, um, to keep their, uh, ranch. Uh, we'll get into more of why it's more essential that they keep the ranch. Uh, so yes, so essentially they're quite literally robbing the bank to pay back the same bank. Um, Ian, uh, how are high water? Kind of came out of nowhere a little bit um, to very quick buzz. Yeah, I mean, I I was interested in this, but when you know when at the end of the show last week, you were saying, "Well, what we were reviewing next week," I was like, "Don't breathe," and you're like, "Hello, high water." It was like, "Oh yeah, okay, well, cool, all right, then, cool, yeah, fine." And I, I mean, I. I wasn't really, I, I don't know what it was, but I just wasn't really that, like, gung-ho for this. Um, but then it's one of those ones where the more you hear about it, and I mean, I saw it on Sunday, so, like, you, like the podcast come out on Friday, people talking about it. It's like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Then by Sunday afternoon, I was, I was thinking, right, okay, I am insanely up for this at this point. Um... Three of us in the cinema. Uh, it was only me until about five minutes into the film, and two other people walked in, but they were exceptionally behaved. Um, and frankly, I uh, this will be in the top ten uh, at the end of the year for me. Uh, but probable top five, frankly, but I don't want to go quite that far. But um, this... The thing is, I haven't seen that many films this year that I, I have immediately thought after, right, that's year-end best of. Mm. And maybe it's because, like, we're in September now, so we're starting to think like that. But this was, like, even if I saw this in, like, February or March, you'd be like, this is up there. Um, I, it, it is, it manages to straddle that line of being both insanely entertaining um, while also uh, having something to say. But there's something to say. It, it was actually weirdly, uh, this is not as nearly as good as Hello High Water, but Money Monster, which we talked about a few weeks back, mm. that film is also very, very entertaining, but has something to say. But the something to say doesn't override the entertaining, so it doesn't feel like you're being lectured to. Uh, instead, it just feels like yes, okay, it's got it's got a point, and that's there in the background. That's definitely there, but you are just enthralled by the events happening on screen. And but then the the, like, the events happening on screen, like the, the the little twists and turns, were wonderful. Like the the way that the the lawyer advises them to set up the trust with Texas Midland Bank. All spoilers all the time. I, I, I it was just that was lovely and the way they played that played out at the end where it was like the banks who are being robbed are uh, maybe ever so slightly know yeah. what's been happening as well but they don't want to lose what the little piece that they've got now yeah, it, it, you know, yeah. that it, uh, that is such an awesome idea um so you know it's got the big fu to to the the, the banks and, and things like that as well but then the character stuff is exceptional. Like, Chris Pine has never been better. Ben Foster and Jeff Bridges are kind of doing best Ben Foster and Jeff Bridges' roles, but that, they're, they're very good at them, and they're very good at them in this. 
and Gil Birmingham and Jeff Bridges together, like the, the uh, we'll get into it obviously, but the scene in the hotel room where they're, they're chatting and they're taking the piss out of each other and then Jeff Bridges leaves and he's got about six pack with him and it was like, oh, just have a few beers with your mate, please. Gil, like he doesn't mean it, just have a few beers with him. You know, it, it's, it's amazing. And I, all over it, all over it, Mark. I know you. You haven't told me, but I know you loved it. Yeah, I, I, I did. Yeah, it's, it's. Yeah. The thing is, I, I, I very rarely, very rarely, like maybe one or two times, have actually ever told Ian what I thought about a film before we've actually reviewed it. Because I, I, I like to keep keep that element of surprise of being not kind of knowing where I am with things. But this was one where I haven't told him, but it, it, it it's. It's pretty obvious that, that that I was that I was going to like this. Uh, but, I mean, when we came out and, and I watched it with with Becky, um, and I sort of said to her, "What did you think?" And she said, "Before I get to saying what it is, she said, she said it's like quite simply they they were trying to pick how they could make a movie for you. It's got two actors that you love, three actors that you love uh, in the lead roles." It's a western, and it is. It's a fucking western, just because it's not set yep. back in the in the wild west. This is a fucking western. Totally. Um, it's a western. It is about fucking over the system. It's about broken men. It's about somebody who's lost their place in life and knows knows it with the Jeff Bridges character. The Bridges is fantastic. Bridges hasn't been this good in a long, long time. And people will say it is just Bridges doing, like you said, it, would be, it is Bridges doing Bridges, and it is. And even at points, I was thinking, it was a Bridges Don't get me wrong. It's 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 really really great. Bridges doing Bridges. It's that. But then there's little moments where it Bridges reminds you how fucking good he can be. Uh, and one of uh. them is, and remember guys, we are all spoilers all the time, and I'm only saying this because it's a big spoiler. When uh, Gil Birmingham gets shot, and Bridges' reaction uh. to it, where he's, yeah. he visibly, he just starts shaking, and he's, he's no longer giving a shit about what's going on, what, what Ben Foster's doing, anything like that. He's just... Mm. And it is my best friend has just been shot in front of me, and there's a there's almost a palpable no 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 that w- that should have been me not him you know yeah. and that's not a it should have been me he took his place or anything like that people it, it's not it's just the no 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 it, not him it, it, it's a mm-hmm. wonderful gloriously well done scene and it's it, it the, the the weird thing is that. All of the people in this film are doing what they're doing for exactly the right reasons to them. They're not necessarily the right reasons. Um, It's a it's a film that's not about good and bad guys, which again brings it back to the classic Western idea of even Westerns, the good guys aren't actually good guys and the bad guys aren't necessarily bad as bad as you would think. It's that kind of juxtaposition. well, that, that's the thing. I mean, like, in the end of the day, the, the, the bad guy is ephemeral. Mm. It, it's it's the, the financial institution, you yeah. know, and it's it, it's people having to live their lives 
slightly trying to de- to defeat that institution, but then you know, you've got what would I, I I don't know. It's like there, yeah, there is no bad guy, and that's the fascinating thing about it. Your um your loyalties are completely mixed because you you, you know you are kind of on with Chris Pine and Ben Foster, mm. but then Ben Foster kills Gil uh, Gil Burningham, and it just it. It, I don't know, it really shakes it up and you don't know what to think. And you've got that end scene, which is, well, I don't know, it's pretty much deton. Yeah. It, yeah you it know, is. it's, it, and I mean, it's, I, I mean, I was reading uh, Sight and Sound um, yesterday and uh, in the synopsis it says, an, an uneasy understanding. And it's like, well, no, I don't think it's even an uneasy understanding. It's just... I get the feeling that something else is going to happen after the credits and we're not going to see it. And I'm fine with that. You know, I mean, it's in your imagination. Like for a second, I thought it was going to end with, um, uh, uh, Chris Pine and Jeff Bridges just kind of like staring at each other before, um, uh, Chris Pine's ex-wife turns up. Yeah. And that would have been, I mean, that would have been amazing. But then, the revelation that it's not actually Chris Pine's land, and then Jeff Bridges kind of understands that if he, this wasn't, you know, this wasn't for him. Yeah, and that, yeah, and that there's a yeah, there's that of right, okay, and there's the great moment of, of each of them sort of saying, you know, I think the, the, the fantastic thing is, is Pine is basically saying, look. I'm not a bad guy, but if you push me to it, I will become a bad guy quite quickly. Yeah. Um, on that, and it's it, it's fantastic. It's an incredibly, you know, it's the same guy who wrote Sicario, um, and it, it's it, it's got that that really just this is a it's, it's you know we had the same thing with Sicario. It's just a really fucking well polished film and script, and Dave McKenzie it, it directs fantastically because there's great moments of levity. Within it, uh, uh, that kind of build, that bring it up, and that that have the details sort of camaraderie. There's, there's a bit where we get a scene where, and it, it's scored fantastically by um, Nick Cave and Warren Ellis, where um, Chris Pine and Ben Foster are just pissing about the night before one of the because they do the bank raids on the morning uh, before the banks open. Uh, they're pissing about and they're just kind of like they're bumping into each other, and it, 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 it literally it does look like something that David McKenzie just kind of shot. While Chris Pine and Ben Foster were having a beer together, and but, but then I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like, and also the, the, the oh God, the scene in the restaurant um, where uh, the, the the waitress is saying, "What won't you have?" Yeah, and, and and so like some guy from New York came in and tried to order a trout in '86. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, no, totally. And I mean, like, she kind of feels like someone they just pulled out from, like, the, the local area or something and just got it. To, I, I mean, probably not, but it, it, she's got that authentic feel. And, 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 I mean, like, what would you have, like, the, what was it, the peas or the green beans? Yeah. That was it. I, I just, it's... <laughs> I mean, like you say, I, I, I don't know. I mean, it just, it is proper, like, for adults, mainstream cinema that it does, you know, people like harking back to the 70s and say they don't make them like they used to, but it does feel like the kind of film that was actually a, a proper box office hit in the 70s and now is a well-respected 
does well for what it is kind of hit, you know. I, I mean, obviously, cinema has changed and it is what it is, but this this does feel like it could have existed in, like, I mean, the bare bones of it in previous generations. Like you say, it is a Western, and I, I it, it's got that, like, not everything's not going to be exactly all right in the end. On the end, ending to it, but then it's not nihilistic either. It just, I mean, like that final scene will be the best final scene I see this year. Yeah, the, the, I, I, I have zero doubt of that. Yeah, and the, the thing is, it, like you say, it's, it's wonderful in the fact that it, it could quite easily hammer the story home too much with it. With this, you could have a big scene of Chris Pine justifying fucking over the banks and things like that. And it, it never explains itself. It just, it happens as it would happen. It doesn't sit you down at any point for a scene and stop and go, right, in case you haven't worked out what's happening, this, so just this next two minute scene is for you people who haven't worked out what's going on quite yet because you're not really paying that much attention or anything like that. You, you are trying to work out what film you saw Ben Foster in uh, and you, you, you're looking at Captain Kirk and going, and Captain Kirk looks nice with a, with a, with a, with a, a stash. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? So just here's this scene for you. It doesn't do that. It just goes there and it, it, you've got to follow it. But it's easy to follow because it, it, it bounces along a, a lovely pace. The weird thing was, before I went in, I thought... If this film, this film is going to open with them robbing one of the banks, it is going to open with one of them robbing the banks, with them robbing one mm. of the banks, without question, because that's how it has to open. Now, how well that first robbery goes in terms of how well it is shot and how that feels and everything like that is going to determine for me whether or not I'm going to like the rest of the movie. And it's fantastic in the fact that you get Dale Dickey basically chewing them out about being shit at robbing banks. Yeah, yeah, oh my God, yeah, no, absolutely. You start saying, you know, there's no money here because we've not opened yet. You're not very good at this, are you? And then just going like that, and you've almost got Chris Pine almost, like, stopping and apologising to her for robbing the, the bank. Um, and it, it, there's there's so much of, of that within it that kind of that play in and um, you know you've got Chris Pine saying to Ben Foster um, don't stop drinking and I, I need you sober he's like I'm having beer nobody gets drunk <laughs> no it's a great line who gets drunk off beer <laughs> which yeah, no, is, totally. seems like such a Ben Foster character thing to say um, and then okay, I mean, I- Sorry, the, the glee that he's got in, in the end of it when he's when he realizes, do you know what? This is what I can do, and he, you know he, he leaves Chris Pine to say, you know, nope, you go off. I'm going this way, and it is. It, it, it's his in his mind. Chris Pine's riding at the sunset to save himself and to give his family everything that they didn't have. His kids, his boys, something that that they didn't have. And the way that he can ensure with absolution that that happens is if he goes off and he does this and he, he dies. He, he's not going up onto that, that ridge to, 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 you know, in the hope that he can get away. He's going up to that to keep everybody occupied for long enough that Pine can go off and do his, his thing. And it's, it, he's not got glee for the fact that he's shooting all of these police officers or the fact that he's shot Gil Birmingham. It, it, He's, that's not the glee that he's got. The glee is, I'm the fucking hero this time. I'm doing this for 
for, for, for my family. I've, you know, I was the fuck up, but now I've done something. I've given something back, and it, it, it's that. That's a lovely reading of it, man. Yeah, I, I mean, you're absolutely 100% right. I hadn't thought of it like that, mm. but yeah, totally. And it, it, it's the wonder of that. And by that point, I was just, I was that in with it that I was going, this is just, this is, this is. This is staggeringly good. This is this is just. It's nice when you go to watch a film that everybody is kind of built up. And I did have it during the day, um, and I kind of went, "What if it's not very good? Shit! What if, and what if it's genuinely just all right? I'm going to be gutted." But it wasn't. It, it's it's magnificent from start to finish. And there's so many scenes in it. Like you said, the the scene where the constant scenes where um, Jeff Bridges is chewing out. Gil Williams, he's just taking the piss out of it. And it is just all harmless, in his mind, banter. But you get the feeling that Gil Williams has just got sick of it. Yeah, no, 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 totally. I mean, I, I mean, it's just like even the way that he, um, uh, sorry, Don, Don slightly distracted me because she, um, brought in some food which looks amazing. Um, <laughs> sorry, were you talking about the, uh, the, the hotel scene yes. with, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, yeah, I mean, the, the way that Gil Bellingham kind of like, um, like rolls over and he's still got his eyes open, and it's just a bit, I don't know, it is a bit like uneasy, like neither of them really wanted the other to go, even though if Jeff Bridges could have just shut up, it probably would have helped, like, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I, I, yeah, I, I, that relationship is wonderful, and the, 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 the fact it's given so much time, even though, there's more of a sense of comedic relief between those two, and yeah, and, and so when Ben Foster kills him, you do have that gut punch. It's it comes out of nowhere. It, yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't feel machine tooled, but when you break it down, it kind of feels like feels like it is like the the, the way that's built up and then bang. I, I yeah, I mean, it's it's wonderful. It's a, it's a god. It's a definitely not shit film if ever there was one. I mean, it really, really is. Definitively, definitely not shit on it, I think, I'm so looking forward to seeing it again. I am as well. I, to be honest, it, what I would say is, I, I went to see it with Becky at, um, just at, um, at six o'clock, actually, on Friday, uh, and then we, we got out and then we went up for something to eat. It, I, I was, if I didn't go and see that and we went to see Don't Breathe instead then, I was going to go and see L.I.W. Uh, on Sunday morning. And there's a possibility I would have gone in, seen it Sunday morning, got out, and then just gone straight fucking back in. There's a, there was a strong possibility that would have happened if I'd have seen it on Sunday. So, um, yeah, our audience uh, of eight votes, definitely not shit, 75%. Touching cloth, 0%. And uh, shit, 25%. I'm... I don't see anyone. I don't see how anybody could dislike that movie, to be honest. Uh, but fair play, uh, each to your own, you fucking idiots. Um, so yes, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll jump straight into the the next feature review. Um, yeah, fuck it, we'll do that. What do you think? Yeah. 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 Cool. Which is of uh, Don't Breathe. Um, which is a Fede Alvarez movie. Um, he's also co-wrote it. Um, Stars uh, Jane Levy, uh, Dylan uh, Minetti, Daniel Zavito, and Stephen Lang. Uh, all spoilers all the time, because there are spoilers in this. Um, set in Detroit, um, another broken down, um, poverty-stricken um, US former 
you know, a great um, seeding city, uh, where you have uh, a gang of three uh, young delinquents, uh, Rocky, Alex, and Money. <laughs> yep. Uh, and they uh, break into houses. Um, Alex's father um, owns a security company, so he has ways of getting into these houses. Uh, they get put onto a lead where they break into um, Stephen Lang's house because they think he's hiding a six-figure sum within the house because clearly he's never heard of a bank. Um, and they're going to Robin, but of course he's Stephen Lang, and even though he's blind, he's still a badass motherfucker. Uh, so Ian, don't breathe. It's a studio movie, which is insane. Um, yep. What did you think? Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was decent. Um, I, I am slightly of the opinion that the um, the general you need to see don't breathe reaction comes from the uh I'm gonna I'm gonna use my language carefully just because I might be in earshot of um family members at the moment. But the um Stephen Lang happy product um um sequence which uh I gotta say I didn't see that com- coming as such. Um, um and I, 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 I don't know. I was preferring the more tense, quite cinematic, trying to creep round the, the the place and get past him kind of stuff. Um, and then it goes in a direction, doesn't it? Yeah, it, 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 and it goes there. You know, it fully goes in that direction. I suppose that's, you know, fair enough. That's somewhat commendable. But also, to be fair, if I were, if I was in a posi- position, God forbid this never happens, where Lottie passed away before I did, and I then saw this film, I genuinely think I'd be offended. Um, and you know, maybe I'm saying that as a parent to a, a, a young daughter, but it does feel like Dave, I, I don't know, Alvarez is is going for something that is rather gratuitously for shock value, because in the end of the day, yeah, he's a badass military type and. He's able to hurt these people, but he also had some really, really messed up stuff happen to him. And I don't know. It's like maybe you need that extra layer. I yeah, I don't think it. I I don't think it needed quite that. And like to be fair, I would have preferred if it was just kick-ass blind guy fights people who bit off more than they could chew. I, 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 maybe I would have preferred it as an action thriller rather than a thriller horror. I get what you mean. Yeah, but um, again, I I enjoyed it for the most part. Um, it it suffers from not knowing when to end, though, is what I'd say. It mm. keeps on, it keeps on ending. You go, ah, oh, it's going to end now. No, no, 
No, it's not. It's going to end now. Oh, no, no. It's going to end again. No, no. It's going to end again. End. End. Yep, you've ended now. Uh, it was a bit like that. And like you say, the, um, it, it does, it goes in the direction when, you know, when the, I remember all spoilers all the time, guys, uh, when the girl appears, you, you kind of, you've got a feeling that there's something, there's something coming. There's something that's not quite right because why would that door be locked and why would he be so about that if, you know, if the money was in the safe all the time? So you know there's something down there. And when it comes to that, you go, oh, you don't need to look at the newspaper, love. We've worked it out. And then it goes a little bit further with the what is it? And you kind of go in, ah, this is a little bit. <laughs> I don't know whether you needed this. <laughs> I'm a little bit uncomfortable. Uh, and then there's a certain line in it that made me go, ah, don't justify this. It's the sunshine. <laughs> where he says, where he gets the turkey baster, and, and she looks at him and he goes, I'm not a rapist. You're thinking, yeah. you kind of still are. <laughs> yeah. I get, I get your logic. You're not doing it for sexual gratification. That's fantastic. The fact that you've pre-prepared your, 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 your stuff, that's well done. Well done for not just going, give me a minute, going off, jacking it and coming back. Commendable. That's, that's with a little bit of, with a little hair in it as well. Yeah, the little hair was a little bit like, oh, come on, that's not even a... That's an eyelash. That's a fucking eyelash. That's just... I... At at that point, I was just like, right, okay, no, that's just... I mean, come on now. You've been... You've actually been classier than that before before this. That is it. It was a little bit like... uh, Do you know what? While she was knocked out... It could quite easily have done all that. He didn't need to. It, it was it was a step too far. But at that point, I was I was quite on board with it. I was quite digging it, to be honest. But you knew that something so was else, I. Yeah. You knew that something else was going to come because that girl got shot too quickly, and you were like, "Well, that can't be just that gone. There's something else yeah. there." And it would have been all right that if it could have ended with her waking up in all the chained up, it could have ended there. It could have also ended when they got out. It could have. It just kept going a little bit. But I was, I, I was liking it. I was on board with the idea that, you know, that they, like you said, they just bit off more than they could chew. And he was this badass all the time. I was thinking, well, surely just he put it in a bank. He wouldn't go. He wouldn't get a a settlement and get a, a check or a bank transfer from a settlement and go to that bank and go, I'd like to draw out my um, two million dollars that I got, and yeah. then just go. It, it doesn't work like that. We, I, I'm pretty sure there's some kind of statute that you can't just give a random, you know, even if it is his money. I, I'm pretty sure there's some kind of security risk against giving somebody that much money. I, I, I would also, I, I, I would also say that he says he'd let her go once the baby's born. Mm. Blind man suddenly has a baby. Blind man's a baby. Yeah, I, 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 I think he, he'd probably move. And there's nobody there anyway. There's nobody on the street, is there? Uh, but the, the other bit of that is, right, I'm sorry, there's no safe in the world, right, that is a combination, a digital combination lot that you type in that the fucking numbers come upon. It's a fair point as well. <laughs> right. 
It didn't need that. She could have just been looking and gone, two, nine, one, oh. seven. And, uh, <laughs> and, and here's another one. Um, how far does she run and jump over a fence and then get into that car that Stephen Lang is still able to find her? That's the uh, dog. That the dog is how he finds her, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, but like, what, like, the dog, like, barks and he knows, like, sonar. Well, well deaf people do have a, a hypersensitive, refined hearing because they're after a lot. Yeah, yeah, but, I mean, like, she jumped over a fence. Yeah, it, it, the thing is, it, it, it is, but I, I, could, I could get behind that, but it's just, fucking hell. <laughs> she just... She, she she reacts like a stupid person in a horror movie to pretty much everything. And I get it. She's stupid yeah. and she's in a horror movie, so it's fine that she reacts like that. But it's still frustrating. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like, the thing is, I mean, like, it, it is too long and I agree with that. However, I, I would suggest that the, um, the, the very last scene I thought left a nice chill in the air. Like, yeah. the whole kind of, like, he is actually still out there. Yeah. I, I, and I, I, I mean, like, that. I'd watch, yeah, I'd watch no, like, Stephen Lang try to track down this girl to get his money back. No, totally. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know. It's just like the fact that in the because I like the fact that in the end of the day, you know, she was still robbing people, so she doesn't get off entirely. Like, she got away with it, good on her, even though it was for a noble cause. I like the fact that there's still that element of there's still danger there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, that is yeah. Like, in the day, yes, he's a bad man. He's a bad guy. But they're, they're not good people either. They were robbing a blind man. <laughs> no, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, like, the guy who's a little bit, oh, I don't know, and just because he fancied her and whatnot, it's just... No, your, your dad's the head of the security company. You're still, a, you're still a dick. Yeah. Like that's still a horrible thing to do. No, uh, I, yeah. I mean, I, it just, I don't know. The, the film, I think, has a problem with characterisation, but as a like suspense machine, I think it it it, it does rather well. Yeah, as a, as a, as a draw um, pick, it, it, it's it. It, it had some great sort of moments. There's, there's, once they're in the house and shit starts to get fucking real, there's some really nice kind of sequences. And, um, I mean, at least it doesn't declare itself as one of the scariest films ever made. Just saying. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think there's that much else can I say about Don't Breathe, other than the fact is, it, it's, Perfectly solid. I'm, I'm going to go as far as say, I think it's definitely not shit, because it's not shit. Yeah, it's definitely not shit. It's definitely not shit. I will watch it again. Stephen Lang is, is very good, and I was looking at it throughout going, you know, can we stop and appreciate just Stephen Lang? The fact is that he's in his mid-60s, and he looks fucking incredible. <laughs> nah, he's a badass. I mean, he's very good in it, don't get me wrong. I mean, like, yeah. he's very, very good in it, and I, I like the way that he... um. He, he kind of plays up the the, the the hapless blind man thing at the start, and it's like, but you, 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 but he's got the one up on them, and I don't know. It's just if it was badass blind man fights robbers, I would have been so much more into it as a whole. Yeah, it would have been better if it had gone there. If it didn't go down the, he's actually a little bit fucking unhinged. Um, yeah, that, that yeah. kind of did kind of take away from it a little bit there. But uh, eleven votes. Um, 
Definitely not shit, 73%. Uh, touching cloth, 9%. And shit, just 18%. So, what I would say there, for a, a horror movie, of, or a horror thriller movie of, of that kind, that's some serious fucking high numbers, to be honest. Um, and, yeah, yeah. you know, the thing is, I, I was a little bit put, put, put off by the Fede Alvarez, the visionary director, when he's directed one of the fucking movies, and it was the Evil Dead remake. He's not visionary. There's nothing visionary about what he's done in either of his fucking films. He's perfectly okay. Uh, but, you know, it's good the fact that you've had mainstream horror has done really, really well this year. Yeah, and yeah, in Dobrev is another example of it. And I mean, I, 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 I was sounding quite negative there, but it just the first hour or so is is pretty is pretty solid, man. I mean, it's great. It, it's actually yeah, it looks nice. It's tense. The sound design's really interesting. Uh, I mean, like the, um, the 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 blind vision stuff is is great. Um, it just I, I don't know. It's like when. Mm. On the blind vision thing, one thing I really liked about that in the film was my worry was in the trailer for it, before that scene comes on, you get a voiceover of Stephen Lang saying, now you see what I see, right? And then you, it shows you in the trailer the, 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 the blind scene there. And that bothered me because I thought, hang on a minute, he's blind, that's not what he sees because we're not seeing that, we're not seeing blankness as we're people that we're seeing it. So that I thought that's going to piss me off if he says that, and then in theory we're we're seeing through, through them what he sees because it's not we're just seeing night vision, but he doesn't say it in the film. It's not uttered in the film at all. Yeah. It just goes out. So it's just a a different visual styling to give an idea, which is cool, and I like that. Cool. Right. Yeah, definitely not shit. Yeah, definitely great. Shit, yes. Uh, Ian, what else have you been watching uh, this week? Okay, so I've got a few things. Um, I'll go through the, the, the quick ones first off. Um, I rewatched Blair Witch Project uh, in preparation for Blair Witch. Uh, it's still great. Um, I think if you get in the, into the mindset of that film and what those people were actually going through while it was being filmed, I think it's, it, it's insanely effective. I saw Blair Witch. We'll review it next week. Um, I uh, watched Looney Tunes back in action. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's on Amazon Video. Um, Joe Dante. Yeah, yeah. Joe Dante basically making a Looney Tunes film not for kids, uh, which is just, but not in like a dirty way. It's just full of really weird like references to older films like there's a Bugs Bunny psycho shower scene homage which is mental um and um I did not know this was Joe Dante that did this yeah oh yeah um fucking week (laughs) yeah okay well we'll talk about it next week then we'll leave it till then um so I watched uh the Purge Election Year which you um spoke about um uh, a few weeks back yeah. Decent. I don't think it's on the level of anarchy. Um, I think it, it, you basically tries to be more of an action film, um, which I, I, I thought was a little bit disappointing. It doesn't quite have that slightly surreal edge that anarchy did, but you know, fine. I'd be intrigued to see what, uh, I think there'll be another one. I'm intrigued to see where it goes. Um, Wiener. Uh, which, which, uh, was interesting, very interesting. So, uh, Anthony Weiner 
who in the opening credits you see is an amazing orator. He grabs issues by the scruff of their neck and screams at them and until they give up. Um, I, I just like in terms of what he could be as a politician, amazing. He also just has some mental psychological defect where he just has to sext random women. And you're watching this. It's basically there was a a sexting scandal um, and now this documentary crew are following him while he's trying to relaunch his career. But then new evidence comes to light. Um, his wife is, is basically Beverly Clinton's right hand lady. And you are watching him and his wife try to salvage his political career while increasingly people are calling into, into question how she is standing by this guy when she's also Clinton's right hand lady. Um, and there are moments where you genuinely feel like you're, you're a fly on the wall and it's really uncomfortable. Um, not salacious in the slightest, or at least if you think it's salacious, you are not a good human being. Um, and it, it just, it slightly weirded me out. Like there is a moment where Weena says something to his wife and she just doesn't agree. And the look that she gives him, it it just I I would n- I would never in a million years want Donna to give me a look half that that on edge as she gives him. I, I mean it's incredible. I, I mean as filmmaking, it's insane that they they actually managed to do this. I mean obviously I, it seems like like Wiener like it was basically getting a documentary crew in to kind of like uh, portray like show his. Rise back up to political um, relevance, but it kind of went wrong. Um, and, but then, fair enough. He, after the fact, is is game for talking about it, which is which is quite ballsy of him. Um, I don't know. It, it's an, it's an amazing portrait of uh, of, of a, a, a guy who could genuinely do incredible things if he. Almost, what if he almost wasn't a human being? Like, if he had no, like, personal feelings or emotions, like biological stuff, then from a, a higher brain capacity, he could be a better person. But it's like his, um, his, his baser self just overrides. And it, it I mean, it's, it's, a, it, it's quite something. You've not seen it, have you? I've not seen it yet. No, I'll, 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 I'm definitely going to kind of get to it. A little bit, kind of quicker than no, I have done. Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's fascinating. If it, if it wins best documentary at the Oscars next year, don't be surprised. Um, so I also watched uh, Hot Rod, uh, which I'm mass- uh, I'm a big fan of Hot Rod. Uh, I, I I just think it's got a massive hit rate. If you don't find it funny, fair enough. You don't find it funny. It is what it is. But um, Hot Rod for me. Um, the Lonely Island guys slightly can do no wrong between Hot Rod and Popstar. Um, you've seen Hot Rod, haven't you? I have seen Hot Rod, yeah, many a time. What do you think of it? It's a lot of fun, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's a proper kind of Sunday, Saturday morning, Kyle 4 fucking film, that kind of thing. 
which is totally why I watched it on a Monday evening. Um, <laughs> and um, oh, lastly, and I'm just getting another beer for this because this is this is going to take some talking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> this sounds like could be interesting. Right, I am kicking out the San Miguel Selector. <laughs> Where is the bottle opener? There it is. San Miguel Selector for this special occasion. 6.2. Have a bash on this. Ah, right, are you ready, Mark? I am ready. Rennie Harlan's Skip Trace. <laughs> Rennie Harlan's anything is always a sign of quality. Rennie Harlan's Skip Trace. Starring the combination you always wanted to see but never knew you did, Jackie Chan and Johnny Knoxville. Skip Trace. The final scene of Skip Trace, spoiler alert. Johnny Knoxville buys Jackie Chan a pack of alpacas. That actually seems like a thing that Joe Knoxville might actually do to Jackie Chan. <laughs> I hope he does. I hope, I hope he did. <laughs> Skip, Skip Trace is pretty much going to uh, video on demand um, in in everywhere but China. Where, where, where um, it made an insane amount of money. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I'm looking it up right now. Um, because it, Right, so this... The, the, I mean, like, Jackie Chan, Chan was one of the early, like, trying to make it in America and bring over Eastern sensibilities to the West kind of guys. On Box Office Mojo, it's not even found. Skip Trace. Yeah. That's, that's insane, because it has grossed so far over $100 million. Yeah, so it, it, it's basically, it's done that in China. Yeah. Um... Yeah, box office. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, it has. It totally has. Um, in Chi- the film was number one on its opening in China, grossing sixty million US dollars. Yep. In China, right? Okay, so Skip Trace. Um, yeah, um, uh, along with uh, Chatton's film from um, last year, I think Dragon Blades, um, which uh, also starred John Cusack and Adrian Brody. It's one of these weird things where a China uh, Chinese um, studios are basically trying to get um, not uh, Western filmmakers and actors in to uh, make blockbusters, and as a result, you get Skip Trace story. Jackie Chan is Benny Chan. Um, a, um, I'm pretty sure his name is Benny Chan. I just got Benny that. Chan, yeah, it is. Yeah, no, it is, yeah. Um, and he's a cop who, nine years before the events, uh, lost his partner. The start of the film is Chan and his partner on top of what looks like a construction site. For some reason, his partner has a bomb strapped round to him, uh, around him. It's counting down, and uh, his partner passes him a watch, and it's like, it's something to remember me by. And then just basically jumps off the pier and explodes. Um, nine years later, Chan is still on the hunt for the Matador, 
the uh, mysterious criminal who is behind everything, including his partner's disappearance. Um, now, Fan Bingbing plays his partner's daughter, who is now working in a casino, which is run by Handsome Willie. Um, Johnny Knoxville plays Connor, who is a bit of a con artist, who um, is in China and um, befriends Samantha. Well, when I say befriends, um, Samantha is like the, uh, uh, the, the, the hotel concierge for high rollers. So she has a two-minute-long conversation with Johnny Knoxville, and suddenly they're best friends. Um, yeah. Johnny Knoxville accidentally sees the matador, well, he doesn't see the matador, but sees the matador firing at a woman at point-blank range. At one point, he says point-blank range. It's across a corridor. Uh, well, so actually, point actually point blank it doesn't actually mean um, from really up close. It is the distance. Well, so what does it mean? It, it, it's, it's really it's different depending on the caliber of the gun and everything like that. But point blank can be anything depending on different circumstances. Anything in film language, in film language, what does point blank in, in mean? In film language, point blank means from a distance of no more than an arm's length. But um, in actuality, it, it can be up to twenty feet. Okay, well, alright, fine. Skip Trace, I apologise. <laughs> but within um, the parlance of film logic, point blank would be from the <clears throat> Yes. Now, while he sees this, the dying woman hands Johnny Knoxville a phone. There's a thumbprint lock thing on it, so Johnny Knoxville has the phone. Johnny Knoxville then ends up in Russia, where he is being tied uh, head down um, in front of some bowling alley skittles when people are rolling bowling balls at him. And then Jackie Chan breaks him out. And it's because Connor was around when the Matador was, so Connor must know who the Matador is, apparently. So cues... Uh, Jackie Chan trying to get Johnny Knoxville back from Russia to China on foot in the space of two days. <laughs> they seem to be walking pretty much the entire way. But Jackie Chan <laughs> makes it clear really early on that they've got 48 hours um, for some reason. And they they pretty much they they go on a raft at some at one point. One night they stay at a Mongolian um um a tribe hut place where everyone sings Adele's Rolling in the Deep. <laughs> this, this sounds incredible. And um yeah, I mean literally, Tony Knoxville says after. Well, I didn't think they know. I, I didn't think you were such an Adele fan. And Jackie Chan says, "Rolling in the Deep" is a Stone Cold classic. <laughs> I'm so watching this. I mean, it's right. 
there were flashbacks to things where it's like we literally saw that 20 minutes ago why are you flashing back um johnny Knoxville narrates the first 20 minutes and then it just stops um i mean like the action choreography jackie chan can still do a few things but there are times where it does cut away and it's like all right that's really disappointing because that's just not jackie chan is it okay fine um Johnny Knoxville generally just like gets put into barrels and rolls down hills. Um, I mean it's it, and it, it's like an hour and forty five minutes. Um, it's not a good film. Um, but seeing Jackie Chan and Johnny Knoxville walking from Russia to China with each other is is quite endearing. Um. And a tribe sing Rolling in the Deep. I mean, it's really, really, really surreal. How long um, is it? <coughs> what, the Rolling in the Deep bit? Right, it's, it's two hours long as well, isn't it, this movie? Yeah, yeah, no, I thought it was about an hour and 45. It's like an hour and 45, hour 50. Um, I, I, that, but the thing is, I mean, I mean it, 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 oh God, it's shit. <laughs> I enjoyed watching it. I mean, I, I am, I, yeah, touching cloth. I think five out of ten is fair. But if you have a predilection for this kind of thing, then you'll have a decent enough time watching it. But it is bad. I mean, it's borderline terrible, but it's 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 pretty watchable. Do you know what? Pretty watchable is 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 good enough for me. But Mark, you'll have a ball, man. Like, seriously, I, I could genuinely see this along with Devil's Advocate being a future commentary. Oh, I mean, like, I, nice. But uh, it just, it's, um, Rennie Harlan's Skip Trace, man. It, I, I've got no idea why it's called Skip Trace either. They, they, they make no mention of it in the film. <laughs> but there's a bad guy called Handsome Willie, and he has a cane. Everything you say is just selling it even more. (laughs) Actually, there's a bit of action involving some uh, Russian uh, nesting dolls, which is genuinely, I think, unless I just haven't seen enough action cinema, I think is really inspired and it made me laugh out loud. (laughs) Jackie Chan with some Russian Russian nesting dolls. I'll say no more, but it's great. Cool. Um, Good trace. Just for reference. Point blank range is any distance over which the trajectory of a given projectile fired from a given weapon remains sufficiently flat that one can strike a, a target by firing at it directly. So point blank range can be anything that's about 250 yards. Weirdly enough. So, yes. In the parlance of film language, it's not point it, blank, trust me. Point blank, yes. It, point blank will be with an ad's reach in the parlance of that. That's what most people would state. Uh, is, that, is, that, is that your final one for this week? Right, I had to climb out with skip trace. Oh, cool, right. I, I will, I'll rattle through a few of mine. Um, I, um, I've, I've not watched a great deal of films, but, um, they all seem to have had a theme apart from one. Um, I'll start with, I, I watched Stir Crazy, as I said I was going to last week. Um, it, it's been a long time since I watched, uh, Stir Crazy. Um, it really is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it really is staggeringly good. Um, uh, it's the sort of film where, after it finished, I was thinking, do you know what? If that was a new film and I'd watched that to, like, this year, it was a 2016 movie, it would probably be in my top ten of the year quite easily. It really is so much fun. It's it's such a nice film to watch. 
pitch in the sense of um, it's an R-rated comedy that doesn't rely on just a lot of cock jokes or profanity for the sake of profanity or things like that. It was, it was a, a nice palate cleanser to something like uh, Sausage Party that we watched, which was just the brassness and everything that's wrong with modern comedy is 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 thrown at Sausage Party and Stir Crazy is everything that is right with with comedy films in general. You know, Gene Wilder and Richard Pryor's patter off each other is fantastic and it, it's just staggeringly entertaining. Uh, I think at the moment it's actually on Sky on Demand uh, that I watched it on. Um, I also uh, watched uh, See No Evil, Hear No Evil um, the next night because. Uh, Becky, I've been looking to rewatch that man. Uh, yeah. Bex actually turned around to me after uh, watching because she'd never seen Stir Crazy. Uh, turned around and went, "That Richard Pryor guy's really quite funny." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, you think?" She went, and she sort of joked and went, "Just does everyone else know this?" And I, <laughs> have we discovered something? You know, like she's had this great revelation that Richard Pryor is quite funny, but she she, she really took to to Richard Pryor's kind of comedy. Seemingly, um, anyway, um what I would say is, if you're gonna watch *Cinema Hero Evil* and you're looking at watching *Stir Crazy* as well, watch *Cinema Hero Evil* first because it's not quite at the level of uh, *Stir Crazy*. So it was a little bit of a dip, which I think affected while I was watching it. I was watching, it going, "All right, this is still really good and really entertaining and really funny," and the way that um, that Pryor and Wilder you know, work it in terms of acting as as one of them's deaf and one of them's blind and the way that they they work that uh, is is just such it's great slapstick. It, it it's again it's proper comedy of uh of comedians relying on being funny rather than just saying fuck shit balls cock in an in an inappropriate time. Which is fantastic. It's great, and but it is a little bit of a come down from Stir Crazy, which is insane because Stir Crazy is like a nine out of ten movie, and this is an eight out of ten movie. So th- there's that, but yeah, definitely rewatch it. Um, and I watched Critical Condition, um, which is on Netflix, which is prior on his own. Um, have you ever seen Critical uh, Condition? I've never even heard of it. Uh, Critical Condition is uh, Richard Pryor plays a a, a con man. Um, who he's not a con man he's just a guy who has a lot of schemes um and he ends up um being framed uh for a in a jewel robbery um and goes to prison but decides that he can avoid prison by faking insanity so he fakes insanity to get out of prison um but while he's under psychological evaluation to see if he is insane they keep on declaring him sane um so he's going to go to prison for a crime that he actually didn't commit. So the other people uh, in the hospital who are who are actually insane um, take over. Um, they take the administrator for the hospital. Um, they take him hostage so that Richard Pryor can break out. So Richard Pryor breaks out, but then gets mistaken for um, a new uh, doctor that's starting at the hospital that night uh, the hospital then has a power cut 
and Richard Pryor ends up kind of running the hospital for a night whilst also trying to escape, whilst also trying to actually fool people into thinking that he could actually be a doctor. This sounds amazing. Which, which, yeah, it contains Richard Pryor at one point being um, guided by a um, an insane ex-Vietnam vet who is only at the hospital to try and get methadone and <laughs> Richard Pryor has bribed him into working as an orderly at the hospital until he gives him so he'll give him some methadone right flying a helicopter inside the hospital um, to try and get it up a level so that it can basically be used as air conditioning for the hospital nice it's it's insane, but it is it's only like ninety odd minutes, so it gets away with the fact that it's just a bit too silly. Uh, it gets away with it, and the fact that Richard Pryor is actually really quite amusing uh, helps. Uh, cool, yeah. And the last thing I watched was Late Placid, um, which I realised I'd never watched. I'd never seen. Oh, really? I'd never seen Late Placid. Uh, okay. I don't know why, because it seems like a movie that I would have seen. Um, yeah, Late Placid, uh, directed by uh, Steve uh, Miner and starring Bill Pullman, Bridget Fonda, Oliver Platt, and Brendan Gleeson, and Betty White, um, a, uh, a a town sheriff um, is uh, is um, killed by a mysterious creature um, in Maine. Uh, and well, fish and game officer Jack Wells, played by Bill Pullman, is um, is sent to investigate. Whilst uh, paleontologist Kelly Scott, played by Bridget Fonda, is set, sent to investigate as well. And then Oliver Platt turns up playing Hector Cry, who is a uh, a professor and billionaire, it would seem, uh, and a little bit mad. Um, gets sent. Uh, he doesn't get sent. He voluntarily goes because he thinks that what's killed them was a giant crocodile. Uh, and you know what? He's he's right. Um, it it it's it's a bit mad. Is late placid. <laughs> um, I didn't think it was a comedy until I started watching it, and then realised very fast that yes, it is a comedy. Um, for instance, Brendan Gleeson is putting an American accent that actually during the film, um, Oliver Platt calls out his terrible American accent. Uh, yeah, 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 that's pretty solid. Uh, which is is magnificent. Uh, Bridget Fonda it, it essentially just keeps on falling off things in the water and complaining about being there. Bill Pullman does so little... Um, that it, it's insane that he, he, he gets first billing, billing and is the leading man in this movie because he all he seems to do is wander around and kind of shrug and go nah, like that and that's it that's all he does throughout the entire film uh, and the ending turns out that, um, that the giant crocodile is actually Betty White's pet <laughs> it's, it's insanity but it's 80 odd minutes long, and I enjoyed the shit out of it. <laughs> but I have nothing else yeah, to say about it. sounds pretty Mark-focused, Mark, uh, yeah. yeah. I have nothing else to say about it other than that. Other than the fact is, I really quite enjoyed it, to be honest. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, what have we got? We do have a few questions uh, this week. Um, do 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 
Steve Dixon, if you could choose one film from each of the past five decades for a 4K UHD Blu-ray release, which five films would you have? Um, this Google Media is dead. I refuse to answer the question. <laughs> uh, past five decades, so that would be 70s, 80s, 90s, 90s. 70s, 80s, 90s, 90s. Yeah. And 2000s. Um, so, 70s um, Apocalypse Now, clearly. 80s. I agree. Um, I'm going to go for what would look nice from the 80s. Um, I'm tempted to say something like Raging Bull, but I don't, I don't know, would the black and white work in 4K? I don't know. Because you say about colour is a big thing. I love the. F- I love the thing. I, I, I want uh, Big Trouble in Little China. Well, I want the thing. You want the thing. 90s... Um, ooh. Can I have Pulp Fiction? I'll take Pulp Fiction. I think that'd look nice in 4K. No, no, fuck, no, no, I'm taking that back. Thin Red Line. Uh, good shout. What is it? That's a good shout. Um, the noughties, I'm going to go for... Uh, what will look nice? Noughties. I can't think of one from the noughties. Nope, I can't think of one from the noughties. So, fuck it, I'll go for There Will Be Blood, because it's a lovely-looking movie. Uh, yeah, that's, not, uh, well, that's pretty good, man. I mean, like, yeah, fucking shit, Punch Drunk Love would look good, look mm. good in 4K as well. Fuck. Yeah. And then, uh, most recent, I'd say, um, I'd like to see what, um, Hateful Eight, just because it's a fucking great looking movie. You see, that's the thing, Hateful Eight is never going to happen because entertainment film distributors seem to not even fucking like anything let alone 4k so no, um, they really don't, do they? no that it will never never ever 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 happen it will never ever 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 happen and it's sad but it is what it is because steve dixon physical media is dead <laughs> um craig at craig uh, x dawson on twitter uh what one thing in film history would you change mine would be giving orson wells final cut on all his films after um citizen king one thing I wasn't actually giving it to him. Yeah, no, fair enough. Um, one thing in film history you could change. Marlon Brando not liking food as much. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, John Cazale not uh, sadly passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be mine because <laughs> fucking hell, just look at what he did make. <laughs> Not a bad shout. That, that, that guy could pick a fucking movie. 35mm film being really, really cheap and cost effective and never needing anything else to replace it. Yeah. Because then I'd still be a projectionist. Can we have the, uh, just, I, I'm not, I'm not swagging it off because I, I don't you know, I, dislike the film, but I, just, just, can we just, not have the Matrix because then we wouldn't have all of those films doing essentially bullet time and every fucking action yeah, film or sci-fi film having a true. trench coat in it for fucking ten years. That's true. Yeah. 
Yeah, the thing is, I say that about the projectionist thing, but frankly, if I was still a projectionist now, wouldn't have Lottie for a fucking start. So, um, yeah. there's no way. Paid shit, wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be able to fucking have a kid on a projectionist salary? No. no. Projectionist salary is ultimately designed for the average lonely man. <laughs> Uh, I think that is it for uh, questions. Um, so, yeah, um, Ian, what are we covering next week? Blair Witch. It's not great. We're covering Blair Witch. Uh, I haven't seen it yet, Ian has. <laughs> I will be watching it. Uh, There's a review on DoingTheMonkey.com. There is a review, a very good review as well, actually, I must say. Thank um, you very much. I am, I'm, 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 I'm not looking forward to it. <laughs> I must admit, I'm not looking forward to it. But I'm very open to being um, surprised. Uh, did you watch the original at the cinema? Well, back in the day, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw fucking Book of Shadows in the cinema. Oh, I did as well, yeah. I still really like Book of Shadows. I know it's shit, but that doesn't mean to say... I've seen Book of Shadows more than I've seen Blair Witch, is what I would say. I did a commentary track of Blair Witch 2 with uh, Miles Lemaire. Um, I remember. Formerly, yeah, yeah. For, I, I think formerly of Showstone, now writer for Chud. Um, like back in the day when um, I was being really schizophrenic with Skinnerama, just before we um, started doing the monkey, actually. Yeah. Uh, not too far before that, I think, actually. I wonder if that's still out there. It will be. I'll try and find it, because if it is, I'll repost the thing on the Doing the Monkey feed. Yes, you should do because yeah, because it, it, it was it was quite entertaining. I, I remember listening to it while I was at work one day. Um, so yes, that's what we're gonna cover. Uh, is there anything else we need to uh, cover for t- for tonight? Or are we are we are we done diddly done? Ah, I think we're done diddly done. Cool. What's what's the, your plans for the rest of the the, the week, Ian? Fun and frolicking on the beach. Ah, uh, water park. Oh. Go to the beach. Watch some illegal Man United streams. Drink some fire water. You lucky bastard. I am going to work. <laughs> ah, mate, it is what it is. Yeah. Right. Um, thank you very much for listening, guys. Uh, and we shall speak to you uh, next week. Bye. Oh, and yes, you can get in touch with us. Uh, Doodlemonkey at gmail.com. At Doodlemonkey. Not that you ever do. Not yet before you do. At Ian Loring, at Dude Foz. Uh, check out the website. Uh, let's say Ian's got a review of Book Shadows. Uh, there'll be the updates on um, what's happening with our fantasy thing. I haven't totaled the scores up. And I have to get your predictions from you tomorrow, Ian, because there's a Friday night match. Um, so, yes. So, bye. Chelsea Liverpool. Yeah. Chelsea Liverpool. Yeah. One, two. There you go. You reckon? Reckon going to win. I, I wish I held that optimism, but I'm still an eternal pessimist at the moment. Cool. Uh,